0: New year, I know we're like nine days in, right? But uh, but I wasn't here last week, so uh, but but uh, it still feels new, right? We're still uh, stepping into uh, a new year, and I know it's just another day, and and yet at the start of a new year, we get this sense of a fresh start, right? And uh, something new can happen, and so we make goals or resolutions, and and we try to better ourselves uh, in in different areas of our lives. Usually those goals revolve around getting healthy, uh, maybe uh, learning something new, maybe it's plans to travel somewhere new this year, or... or, uh, Maybe you're going to take classes uh, in order to just learn something, or maybe to, uh, uh, to, to uh, position yourself for a promotion at work, or, I don't know, the, the new year gives us a natural time to evaluate where we've been, where we are right now, and then set a course for where we want to go. Uh, and we each have different ideas of what that looks like, but most people are, are looking to have a good life. Uh, looking to accomplish things, uh, to get better in certain areas. We, 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 we're trying to better ourselves, and this is a natural time for us to, to think about that. We might just say that, that, that we're all just uh, trying to do what, what it takes to be happy, right? We, we, we want the right relationships, the right stuff. We want enough time and enough money and, and fulfillment in, in, in what we do so that we can be happy, I mean, that sounds like a noble goal. I mean, every, every time I turn around, someone is telling me that I deserve to be happy. So it must be that, uh, that, that we're working toward happiness. And certainly God wants us to be happy, right? I'm, I'm going to say something right now that might sound like it burst that happiness bubble, but I would encourage you to stick with me. God doesn't necessarily want you to be happy. As much as he wants you to be holy. And, and holiness is characterized by a deep and abiding joy. So stick with me through that. God doesn't necessarily want you to be happy as much as he wants you to be holy. And holiness, if we're, if we're living a a holy life, then with that is characterized. One of the things that characterizes that holy life is a deep and abiding joy. So what if your New Year's resolution was to live with deep joy? Just kind of let that bounce around this morning. There's, there's confusion, I think, sometimes between joy and happiness. Being happy is fine, but the Bible talks a whole lot more about joy than it talks about happiness. It, virtually, uh, literally, 10 times more, uh, 330 times joy is mentioned, 26 times happiness is mentioned. And and joy uh, isn't Happiness. I I used to say that that joy is much deeper than happiness, but I'm not sure that's even a good way to say it, because joy and happiness literally come from two different places. Happiness comes from what is happening to me, right? What is happening, if things are going well, then I feel happy. If if my uh, circumstances are worse than what I think they should be, then I get unhappy, or I get angry, or I get bitter, or I get grouchy. Uh, circumstances and emotions change. Uh, what is happy, happening is always changing. Uh, happiness isn't deep or abiding. Uh, it, it, it changes. It changes. But joy doesn't, doesn't come from circumstances at all. Joy comes from a completely different place. Joy, uh, uh, God's kind of joy comes straight from him, right? Uh, it's a result of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. It's it's, it's part of the, the fruit of the Spirit described in in Galatians, where uh, uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kind of, all this characters of if the Holy Spirit is living within us, we will have joy because it comes straight from God himself. Uh, joy is not contingent on what's happening around us me, uh, Or what's happening to me. Uh, and it doesn't have to correlate really whether I feel happy in the moment or not. Joy is a deep abiding gladness. Maybe we could say it's a solid confidence in God. As you could see up there on the back of the bulletin and up on the thing, joy, big letters. Uh, we're, we're starting a series of messages today uh, that that I, you know, I've, I really got creative, and uh, and I'm calling them calling the whole series joy, that because it's about. Joy, right? Yeah, good. Yeah, all right. So uh, you're tracking with me. It's, it's actually a series all about the, uh, the short New Testament book of Philippians. Uh, and, and a major theme running through the entire book, uh, start to finish, is this theme of joy. And so I, I want us today, maybe as we turn the corner of this new year, uh, to, uh, to, to, to think about, to maybe discover, maybe rediscover how we can live with deep joy. Now, as we as we crack open the the what we call the Book of Philippians, you need to know that it's actually a letter, right? That the Apostle Paul wrote to a church that he started in the in the Roman uh, city of Philippi. Paul went on uh, three uh, separate missionary journeys after he started following Jesus, and and as he traveled, he met people and he built relationships and he preached the gospel and he started churches, and he encountered a lot of opposition, and he was put in jail several times, and, and while he was in prison, since he couldn't go and visit the, the the churches that he started in order to continue to instruct and encourage and teach them, uh, Paul wrote letters from prison and sent them to these churches, and most of those letters are included in what we call the New Testament, and Philippians is one of those Letters. So I want us to read just a a few opening lines of Philippians to uh, get a a taste, catch the flavor of of Paul's joy in this letter. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And we'll stop right there for today. Paul's joy uh, came to life when he thought about and he prayed for these people in Philippi. We, we can get some background. What's, what's cool about a lot of these letters is that we also have the book of Acts in the, uh, in the New Testament. So you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are uh, four gospels that, that all tell from different perspectives the story of Jesus. And then uh, uh, Luke, uh, who wrote the book of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts, which is the beginning uh, or the, the, the story of the beginning of the early church. And so we can look at the book of Acts and see what the early church is doing. And also uh, the good second half of the book of Acts is all about Paul and these journeys and, and these different places that he went and the, the people that he met and the churches that he started and all those things. And, and so uh, we can look at the book of Acts and and then look at these letters that he's writing and actually get a feel for and get some uh, kind of the origin story, so to speak, of uh, of what's going on. So Acts chapter 16 tells all about Paul's encounter in Philippi. So the, 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 we, we meet these, uh, these people in this situation, and, and the, the, I think the first thing that we need to know before we, we go any further, the first thing that made this, this church so special to Paul was that, that he was, even more than a lot of the others, he was divinely led to, uh, to, to Philippi. Paul wasn't going to go to Philippi. He was, he was heading in another direction, but the Holy Spirit guided him. Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 7, it says, When they came to the border of Mysia... Uh, amazing Uh, a vision from God of a man calling to Paul from Macedonia and Philippi would have been the first major city that that uh, that that Paul would have encountered as he uh, went across the water and then landed in the region of Macedonia and then Philippi would have been uh, the 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 major town the major city the the Roman city that that uh, he he uh, he went to that and and so that's exactly where he went after this this uh, this vision that he had at night the next day they took off and they got to philippi if paul had not been sensitive to the leadership of the holy spirit in his life he never would have have, have met these people that obviously give him such joy and we wouldn't be reading this this letter today but i want us to keep looking at uh, what caused paul's joy uh, just in these first few verses and uh, and and throughout this series we're going to see that what is causing paul's joy has every indication that those are the same things that we can have in our life to uh, to grow and uh, and 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 let this deep joy uh, live in our hearts and lives as well uh and the first thing that uh, that that i think Paul is talking about here in Philippians chapter 1 is community. That he experienced community. A big source of Paul's joy came from the deep connection that he had with the people there. Uh, it's just, It just kind of uh, oozes out of this. Uh, I mean this is Arguably, Paul's most personal and intimate letter. If you read the other letters of Paul in the New Testament, this is this is really personal, and and uh, it seems to have this deep connection with these folks. They were they were, he was connected with these uh, the, these people, uh, very diverse cross section of people. Actually, Acts chapter sixteen again gives us gives us uh, the picture of, of three different uh, uh, people or, or families uh, uh, of converts that that would have made up this this church. So I think it's a, it's important to to look at those things in Acts chapter 16 and recognize the connection that Paul would have had and how how different and diverse these these folks were. The first person that Paul met was a woman named Lydia. And you can read about her starting in Acts chapter 16 verse 13. Thirteen. Uh, I'll just tell you about her. Lydia was a successful businesswoman. Uh, she dealt in textiles. Uh, she she wasn't Jewish. She believed in God, uh, but uh, she was from the upper class. She had come to a, a ladies' Bible study. Paul showed up to teach, and uh, a, a, and after she heard Paul's message, she responded in faith, and, uh, and and then she invited Paul and his entourage there, the the few folks that were with him, to uh, come and actually stay at her house. And she was she was an intellectual. Lydia was. Intellectual, and she was rich, and she was uh, educated, and uh, and she is the first recorded convert in the uh, in the church in Philippi. Lydia was one of the people on Paul's mind, uh, one of as he referred there, as we just read, one of God's holy people that gave Paul such joy. Lydia, uh, the uh, the upper class uh, entrepreneur. Uh, he lived in her home when he was there in Philippi the first time. That's Lydia. The next convert that we read about in Acts 16 in Philippi was, was virtually the opposite. Okay, uh, a young impoverished slave girl kept following Paul through town. Right, uh, so uh, Paul and his, his sidekick Silas and a few other people with them—they're going through town, heading to uh, the synagogue, heading to this lady's Bible study, and other places. And, and uh, uh, as as they're going, this this uh, this this young girl, uh, followed, she was. She was possessed by demons, Scripture says, and, uh, and the men who were described as her owners uh, were, were, were using her to make money as she told the future. So these demons would, would uh, uh, foresee the future, and, and, uh, and so they were, they were uh, making money off of what, uh, what, what she was doing. And, and those demons, uh, uh, using this little girl, uh, really got on Paul's nerves, and at some point he'd had enough, and he turned around and cast them out, Right? And uh, her her handlers, her owners, didn't like that very much, because without the demons telling the future, the girl was was uh, uh, had lost her worth to them. Right, and they no doubt abandoned her at that point. And we don't we don't know her name. Uh, she's exactly the opposite end of society's ladder from from Lydia, the textile entrepreneur. This little slave girl um, would have also been in Paul's memories as he says i thank my god every time i remember you brought him joy and then uh we also learn about somebody else there in actually I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on as, as paul's walking through philippi this this first time we also learn about the jailer see uh paul and his, his partner silas they got arrested because of the the whole cast out the demons thing and these guys complained and and um so they, uh, they were beaten and then they were turned over this jailer and the jailer tortured them and then uh, locked them up in, uh, in, in, the, in the prison. Now this, uh, this guy would not have been upper class like Lydia, uh, wouldn't have been dirt poor like the slave girl, he would have been a a, a blue collar guy probably military background loyal to his government going to going to do what uh, what he needed to do uh to uh, to fulfill his job and so he did his duty he he locked up paul and silas uh, paul and silas instead of complaining instead of whining and moaning and crying they started singing they had church down in the in the jail uh and uh, uh about midnight, middle of the night, uh, an earthquake comes and, and uh, shakes open the, the doors, knocks them out of their, their chains. Uh, the jailer assumes that everybody escapes, and, and so he's going to kill himself. Paul stops him, uh, tells him, hey, no, wait, don't kill yourself, we're all here. And, and after all that this jailer had seen and heard from Paul and Silas in his interaction with them, this, this rough and tough jailer bowed down and begged to be saved. And uh, their example their example of a worship-filled moral life captured the heart of this jailer. And so he and his whole family were ushered into the kingdom of God that night, uh, right then and there. And, and they would have been some of the precious people that Paul was remembering as he's writing this letter years later. So the Philippian church is built on quite a diverse group of people, right? It, it was uh, It was written to Lydia and to a slave girl and to a jailer and his family and to the all of them he wrote i thank my god every time i remember you in all my prayers for all of you i always pray with joy and over the years paul had kept in touch with the church in philippi he had visited again at least two more times on his third missionary journey uh, going to and from and and um, These folks had had, uh, taken up a collection for the church in Jerusalem and more than once they had sent Paul and his team financial support. there There was a great connection between Paul and the people of the church at Philippi. One thing that brought Paul joy, even as he sat in jail writing this letter, one thing that brought Paul joy was community. Community brings joy. A Christian community uniting around the good news of the gospel of Jesus can also key, uh, provide us with deep joy, no matter what circumstances we might be facing. And and I mean, we've been facing some circumstances, right? Uh, there's, there's stuff going on these days. Uh, in these days of illness and quarantines and, and all the things, it's easy to pull back from relationships. It's easy, I mean, they're telling us to isolate, right? So uh, they, they use those terms, but we can't. We can't do it. Uh, we need to do what's healthy, but we need to keep those relationships intact. We, we need each other. Christian community is one of the foundations that, that, that God uses to bring his deep joy to our hearts. Maybe you're looking around and you're going, community with these people? I don't know. No, hopefully you're not, you're not doing that. You, uh, but, 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 but a connection with God's people brings joy. Community. But, but it's not just that Paul liked these people. It was that they were working together toward the same purpose. There was a partnership involved. That uh, uh, the, the term there, he, he uses the term, uh, their partnership in the gospel. That partner, the word partnership is uh, the, the Greek word koinonia. Uh, we don't really have a direct uh, one English translation of, of what koinonia means. But it's all about the encouragement that we receive when we participate in something together with other people. So we're we're together working toward a common goal. We're experiencing koinonia. Uh, maybe it's a camaraderie or a close personal tie that that joins people together to accomplish a common task. So so Paul's joy was sparked also not just by community and the relationships that we had with these people, but 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 by a purposeful partnership. They were partnering together it it really takes the concept of of relationships and community to the next level not not only can we experience joy in our relationships but that joy is heightened when we partner with others in in pursuing God's purposes see God has a purpose for you and there's joy to be experienced when you pursue that purpose especially when you partner with other people in pursuit of of God's purpose around here we we uh, we found our purpose to be loving people and introducing them to life with God right we live to love people to life anybody heard that before a couple of you good maybe we should say it it's a new year we need to keep uh, you know we live to love people to life can we say it one two three I don't know you all online probably couldn't hear that it was it was lackluster at best I'm just saying so we're gonna try it again And we're going to see how they do. Here we go. One, two, three. Eh, That's a little better. That's a lot better, actually. Good. We live to love people to life. Now, of course, we're all going to do that differently because we have different relationships, and and God uses us in in different ways, different gifts and talents and abilities. Uh, You're going to do it a little differently than I do it, and we'll both do it differently than the person across the room. uh, I mean, I just think about the diversity in that church in in Philippi. Uh, Paul is saying we're partnering together in the faith, and he's talking in the very same breath. He's talking about Lydia and the slave girl, and the jailer, and his family, and all the other people then had come to the... I mean, such a a diverse cross-section of people. Uh, Think about Lydia's ministry and how that differed from the jailer's ministry and, and how that probably differed from the slave girl and how God was using her, and yet all of them were working together in their own ways to partner with Paul in the gospel. So different, yet working together toward a common goal. So so as we as we evaluate where we're at on the joy scale so to speak uh, we we have to ask uh, how how are we doing how am i doing how are you doing at at purposeful living have you have you showed love to anyone lately have you pointed them toward life with god uh, who are you influencing spiritually maybe that's family members or coworkers or friends or neighbors or Whoever it is, if if your New Year's resolution uh, is to live with deep joy, then part of how that happens is partnering with people to pursue God's purposes. Joy comes when we partner with others pursuing God's purposes. Now we we have to recognize that that it's not all just easy though, right? We can still get discouraged. This world can be a difficult place to live uh, Even if we're connected with fellow believers uh, Sometimes, I don't know Sometimes we can, we can be doing what we know God wants us to do And it just doesn't seem like we're making much of a difference And that's, that's where we see yet another source of Paul's joy As he's writing at the beginning of this letter Writing to his friends in Philippi Lydia and the slave girl and the jailer and everybody else He says He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. He had confidence in God. A lot of times we we can't see what God is doing. We might have a have a hint that we're making a difference, but but maybe it's just a hint. Most of the time, we have no idea how God is using us. But but as we obey Him, uh, He brings the whole thing together, even if we can't see it all. I mean, I just think about Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter. And Paul saw his primary purpose in life as being a missionary and starting churches, and, and that's what he did after he came to faith. It was a radical turn uh, transformation, and then he traveled around and and preached and taught and 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 uh, started these churches. And it was just a—he um, knew that God had called him to do it, and it, as a, a noble purpose—and and yet, not one of Paul's churches is still around, right? It actually—they—they they, uh, most of them didn't last more than—I uh, think they were uh, most of them within fifty or a hundred years uh, had uh, had disintegrated, and and uh, people had moved on. But in his effort to keep in contact with the churches that he started, Paul wrote letters of encouragement and instruction. And it's those letters that have stood the test of time. It's the letters that God has used to reach literally Billions of people over the past 2,000 years, Paul was obeying God at every turn, but he didn't have a clue the the ramifications of of his obedience, and what God was doing uh, through his obedience. He was merely continuing what God had started. And God said, go here, and he went here, and God said, don't go there, so he didn't. And then he had this vision, and he went, and he taught, and he, he, he endured this, and he endured that, and he stepped into this, and, and he just was faithful at every turn, and he didn't know where that was all going to go, but he had a, a, a confidence that God did know where it was all going. So, a uh, question that we ask at, uh, at the start of a new year, uh, what, what, am I, uh, wh- what am I pursuing? What's my purpose? What's my purpose? Maybe you can answer that with clarity and you've got it it nailed down. I know what my purpose is in life or or maybe you don't have a clue or maybe there's somewhere in between. Uh, Here, let me just help you a little bit. Maybe this helps uh, get you started down the road. God's purpose for you is to obey what God is starting in you or what God has started in you. Chances are you you won't ever know exactly how God is going to use your obedience to his plans, but continue what he started. Keep going. When, when you're living that obedient life, when you're living in the center of God's will, it, it not only works out God's plans, but it also brings deep and abiding joy. Imagine that, joy. Paul wrote these words to, to encourage the Philippian Christians, and, and although he, he didn't know it at the time, he was writing to us too. And maybe you need to hear this phrase, not for those Philippians back there sometime, a couple thousand years ago. Maybe you need to realize that God, through the, 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 uh, the pen of Paul, through the voice of Paul, says to you today, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you... Will carry it on to completion. Completion, wholeness, maturity. God is working and moving as you are faithful to Him. In other words, don't give up because God's not going to give up. So don't give up. Be confident in that. We can have confidence in, in, in some things, some things let us down. Uh, Norman Vincent Peale uh, wrote once about uh, a time when he was flying in an airplane. The captain's voice uh, voice came over the loudspeaker and said, we need to inform you that one of our engines has shut down, but rest assured, the other three engines will enable us to complete our journey. And then there was a brief, you know, click, and then the, the, the captain comes back on again and says with kind of a chuckle, to reassure any of you who might be worried, let me tell you that we also have four Anglican bishops on board today. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And... The speaker was silent. Norman Vincent Peale says that the, the woman sitting next to him called for the stewardess at that point, and, uh, and she said, uh, With all due respect, could you relay a message to the captain, please? She said, I, I, would, much, I, I would be much more confident if there were three bishops and four engines. I'm just, I'm just saying, that's what. Many times we, we miss out on joy and contentment because we have confidence in the wrong things. And we get let down, right? We, we put more confidence in ourselves and, and our resources and, and our technology, whatever, than, than we do in an all-powerful God. And and yet it's it's only God who has the power and the desire to complete his work in and through your life. So don't give up on your spiritual life even when people make it difficult for you, Uh, when when life doesn't turn out the way you thought it would, when tragedy strikes, when disappointments come, when there's pain, the list goes on and on. You still can have joy because of the confidence that we can have in God. He's the one who, who started it all. And, and he's not a quitter. He finishes what he starts. Why did Paul have joy? He was partnering with people that he loved, accomplishing God's purposes, knowing that what God had started, he was going to finish. And if you find yourself in 2022 facing all the things that you're facing and you're lacking joy, I, I hope I hope that you'll allow God to to, 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 to light a spark in you today. That, that, that you can be determined to accomplish God's purposes, partnering with God's people, knowing that who, the God who began his good work in you is faithful and will complete it. My prayer for all of us is that we can live this year, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what's happening, that we can live with deep and abiding joy, the joy that comes from living in relationship with God and relationship with his people.